Our reality is but a dimension, the uppermost layer in a tower of mirrors. Beneath it are the many reflections cast by our reality, similar but not entirely the same. A staggering number of worlds, lands beneath a dark sun, a world of three moons forsaken by the gods, realms long forgotten, and countless thousands more. You are about to enter one such reflection, a world still recovering from a magical apocalypse, a place where magic is regulated, goblins trade their wares throughout the lands, and the north is dominated by giants. Today, the sun rises over Hymirin and the Wilderin. This is An Acorn's Journey, a DMD story. And now, Chapter 14 of An Acorn's Journey, a DMD story. So you find yourself on the dock. I'm going to walk down the dock. These are real people again. I'm going to strut. A real person down at the end. I'm just going to stroll off the dock or, you know, give him a nod. Afternoon. He'll nod in return. Earring and the child will follow. So good, sir. What is the name of this fine land? This is the Wilderin. Good to know. And I'm unfamiliar with your lineage, sir. I'm Faye. Ooh, ditto. Glad to meet you. I'm Dash. Well met, Dash. You seem a bit small for a Faye. Oh, I'm about the right size for most of my kin. Good day, sir. Acorn, which direction to Oma? She points east. I'm assuming that's up the stairs, or at least yes. ish. <laughs> Out into the sea. No. <laughs> Just want to double check, you know. Okay, guys, at least we're still in the wilderness. And up the stairs we go. You climb the stairs. Uh, excuse me, sir. In which direction would we find the city of Shindalar? Shindalar. Why do you seek Shindalar? We are bringing something there. What is the something you bring? I indicate towards the child. Shindalar is no place for a child. It is the place we must go. It is very dangerous. Turn around all you can, board the ghost ship, and return from whence you came. We cannot. Then I wish you the best of luck. Is it to the east? It is. Do you know what we might expect there? Shindalar was destroyed many, many years ago. Far too long for me to recall how many, but it is a place of great evil and unrest. Citizens of Shindalar remain tortured and tormented, caught between two worlds, angry at their fate. Thank you. An earring leaves the dock. He calls after you. You would do well to reconsider, travelers. We cannot. You enter Shindalar, even fewer exit. Edry steps off the dock, and as he does so, he looks over. He's like, we know. We... Well, you know, epic quest. That's how it goes. Okay, also step off the docks and follow the group. I'm already two, three steps up waiting for the rest of them. (laughs) So you climb the stairs. The stairs are extremely steep. They're especially difficult for Madri and Earring, who have much larger feet. But for those of you with the smaller feet, the stairs are quite easy to climb. Your heels, Earring and Madri, hang off the edge of the stairs, far smaller than your feet are. As you climb the stairs, you see that the stairs lead to the top of a large flat hill. And when you're atop the hill, there is a large rock formation, perhaps not a mountain, but a large formation of rocks that look like like they've been shoved up from underneath the land, piercing the ground and rising into the sky. 
When you were on the dock, you did not happen to see this rock formation. Although you would imagine that while on the dock, you could easily see it because of its great size and height. Turn around and look back and see if the dock's still there. The dock is still there. And the man sitting on the chair. It's the boat? The boat is gone. It is passing off into the ether. At least we have a landmark. Steady myself, straighten up my gear, tighten my belt, make sure my sword is easily can clear its scabbard, and I'm about to move off. Madrid, are you still carrying the scimitar from the beast that we battled in the swamp? Madrid definitely, he shakes his head and pulls his pack off and hands over the extra scimitar he's been lugging around. If you don't mind. I'm not using it. Thank you. I'll fashion a quick wrap of leather and tuck it into my belt. While you're in there, why don't you check the map and these markings ain't on there, mark it. Madri takes out the map and gets to cartographering. <laughs> they are not. The map ends with the dock. Ah. Madri takes a few moments and scans the area and just draws what he sees on the map. Draws the dock, draws the stairs up, draws in the distance. How far away are those uh, spiky rocks? They're about a mile's walk. A mile's walk. He definitely draws the mile's walk of, with the spiky rocks. Remember, you have the backside that you keep looking at that has nothing on it to use as well. <laughs> Definitely. He hasn't run out of space yet. When it's, he does, he'll flip it over. Because you have unerringly reproduced a wonderful map that you apparently can't read. If only I learned how to read them. I can draw them to a T. I don't know how to read a map. Draw away, brother. Draw <laughs> away, brother. Once he looks like he's had enough time and gives me a nod that he has finished his ministrations and managed to spread some sand or, or salt over the, the ink to let it help it dry, uh, we will once again start moving forward, head towards the rock spires, which apparently are our next landmark and destination. You walk for about a mile, and before you is a forbidding slope with gaps between these menacing spikes and peaks. Makes it all but impassable by any but the most determined climber. One would certainly be foolish to attempt its traversal without sufficient patience, experience, and equipment. None of which we have. That is true. The stands high above the ground, such a steep fall were you to climb it, would certainly result in grievous injury. Is it so large that going around it is out of the question? It goes for a very long period of time. So it's like a range of spires? Yes. Okay. It fades off into the distance on either side of you, so it is very hard to determine just how far it goes, but it looks like it goes for a very long way. Aaron, is there any way you could, if we walked up and down a couple hundred yards either way, find some kind of maybe path that the animals or people are using? You go north, I'll go south? Sounds like a plan to me. How steep are we talking? It's almost vertical. Up? Yes. Okay. How high? <laughs> Did you really just ask up? I did. <laughs> I, for some reason, I don't know why, my brain was like, oh, we're staying at the top of a cliff. And I'm looking over, and there's no way to get down. Yes, the top of the cliff that we seen all the way from back there. <laughs> hey, you know? I'm not going to edit that out. It's, al- it's almost coffee time for you. All right. And roughly how high? Some, of course, are higher than others. Yes. But it is... One of the smaller ones between 80 and 100 feet, perhaps. Okay. Well, then, you go south, I'll go north, and see what we can find. Sure thing. As I go, I'm going to look at the 
cliff face as well. See if I can find any carved handholds or steps or anything like that, as well as a path that leads up to or into the rocks. Would you like to roll investigations or survival? Uh, I would love to roll survival. Same. Roll them, gentlemen. 16. I'm lucky I can find the cliff face. <laughs> a four with my bonuses. Long way. It is steep. It is daunting. It looks like a fall would certainly be fatal. I'm staring at this cliffside similar to the way Madre has been staring at the map. Earring, you, you're not much of a climber. There's not a lot in the way of mountains or, or anything really taller than, of course, trees in the wilderness. This rock face that you're looking at seems to be the most traversable that you have seen. There appears to be not necessarily a path, but a less cumbersome means of winding up these series of spires. Whether or not it ends or goes directly to the top, you're unsure, but it does look like you could follow it for several hours. Can I make my way up at least the first part by myself? You can certainly try. I will try. You make your way up, you find it with one hand on the face of these spires and your feet firmly on the ground. It seems, I wouldn't say easily traversable, but it is manageable. It is still requiring a lot of patience and concentration. It's not so much a path as it is stone that is easier for you to navigate than any other of the spires that you've come across. Do I think that Madri's cumbersome form, no matter his dexterity, can make it up this? For Madri, it would be particularly challenging, but this does appear to be the best option. So I have 50 feet of rope. Does that reach the bottom of where I came from? If you were to go up approximately 50 feet, yes, it, it would. But it, it I thought I was on. already up. You are not on the top. Oh, I know I'm not on the top. But if you were to continue to ascend higher, it, of course, would not. The trail, if you will, which is not really much of a trail anyway, continues to ascend the spires. I will go to the bottom. I will mark that spot with an arrow put into the ground. We can assess when we reconvene as a team and maybe check other options. I'll head back to the group. Almost at the same time, Earring and Longway return. I found nothing shy of certain death. I found something for you, Longway. Did you? Yes. And he points at the cliff and says, look, a cliff or a, a rock formation. My goodness, that goes up. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't seem to be able to find it earlier, so I found it for you. Oh, I found it. <laughs> I found no way other than certain death <laughs> if I tried to do anything but stare at it. Dash wanders over, wraps on the face. Yeah, it's definitely rock, too. Hearing, <laughs> I hope you fared better than I. I found what's potentially a more accessible path up. However, I don't know if Madri will be able to make it up with us. Provided he goes slow, he is dexterous, uh, athletic, and has a bit of a powerful grip with those claws. So as long as he goes slow, if I can make it up, he can make it up. He is the only turtle I've ever seen do a cartwheel. Many. Of course, you are the only turtle I've ever seen. <laughs> hey. Well, here's a question for you guys. How about if we just go straight up here, and do you think you guys can help hoist him up? What are you planning? It would take several of us to hoist him up. He weighs several stones. I'm a hefty so. feller. Oh, 
And I figured if, if we have enough rope, the three of you with me can try to bring him help. Why don't we do that in a place that there's a better handhold and more easily traversable just in case there's an issue, as opposed to this sheer face right here. Because I know you probably have some magics that'll assist you, but somewheres where at least we have a, a little bit more of an easy path might put the two together and increase our odds. Because the only one who's going to survive a fall here is Dash. I can fall. <laughs> we know. We've seen. <laughs> <laughs> I feel over the last few days of our travel, I have felt this thing inside of me that says I might be able to fall gracefully. You have witnessed him fall before, but then again, everybody is proficient in falling. Yes, yes. <laughs> Falling's not the, the hard part. The landing's, the landing's the hard part. The landing part might be a little difficult, but... Do you wish to give us a demonstration? No. Okay, then. <laughs> Just if, saying if that you maybe believe, I could. If you believe in yourself enough, then that's good enough for me. Let's go to the easy spot and see if I can climb there. <laughs> if I believe I can fall. Don't worry. I've seen you do kata for months and months and months. You can do it. I, I have the so best too. of faith in you. So let's go to Earring's spot. You lead them over to where you arrow marked the traversable part of the spires. Lou is over here. He's grinning from ear to ear. He's got he's got some nefarious plan in his head, I know. Nefarious only to you. <laughs> you see that it is almost trail-like. There's stone and rock formations jutting out from the sheer cliff face, which look like they could be traversable. It's certainly better than climbing the vertical height of these spires. I think this will work wonderfully. I retrieve my arrow, and I look at Mokui, and I'm like, what are you planning? Well, I can shapeshift, you know, climb up with rope, and Dash can be on my back so he can help me manage the rope, lower it down, and you guys can at least have a handhold or a safety line. What are you planning to shapeshift into? A spider, a large one. Have you done something like that before? We've seen the wolf, we've seen the bear. The snake was a bit of a surprise. A long time ago, I did this with the spider. I don't like it because it's ugly. Maybe I, I, nice... could appre- I could appreciate that. I mean, you do have a beautific form. I mean, it's ugly when it happens. I sort of sort of shed my skin. You molt. All right. Mokwe, do what you need to do. We cast no judgment or aspersions upon you. And I will shapeshift. Mokwe drops to his knees and throws his head back. Before when he has shapeshifted, there was almost a bellow of discomfort. This time... It almost sounds like (laughs) sobbing. He falls to his knees in a fetal-like position. You can hear ripping and tearing as a green, hairy form begins to emerge from Mokui's skin. His arms and legs become long, thickly built, hairy legs. Two more legs sprout from his midsection on either side. Soon, he is replaced with a large, hairy, green spider. It is quite off-putting. What kind of spider? Giant spider. Daddy long legs, wolf spider, black widow. Closer to the wolf spider. That would be frightening. I will jump up on top of Boris the spider. Tilt my so he can climb up easier. Approximately how big is the spider? It just has large beast. So horse size, maybe? Horse size, yeah. It's a big spider. Uh, just out of curiosity, is there 
a husk on the ground? Yes. A mokwe-looking husk? There, there definitely <laughs> is. There is a dry, molted husk of mokwe. If you were to fold it back up, it would almost look just like him. Gosh, you can eat that. I'm, I'm going hungry. I'm going to fold up the skin. Are you going to wear mokwe? <laughs> no. No, I'm not. <laughs> Well, first, before I touch it, I'm going to see if it looks slimy. It, it doesn't. Okay. I'll poke it once or twice while they're doing whatever they're doing. We're going to have time. they got to go up there and drop a rope. So I'm going to make sure I don't get a tingling sensation in the end of my fingers or my knuckles. My end of my fingers are claws, but I'm just looking for the effects of the poison, poison. I know. doesn't appear to be any. All right. Then I'm going to carefully fold the arms and legs into the torso and roll the thing up. That's grim. And tuck it in my pack. We interrupt this podcast of an acorn journey to talk about our sponsor. You're a new DM who wants to jump behind the screen. Maybe you've been volunteered by your gaming group, but aren't quite ready. You've been watching people play games online or on podcasts, and you're thinking to yourself, where do they come up with all that descriptive narrative? There's no way I can do that. Well, don't worry. We've got a solution for you. What if I were to tell you that I can put a team of professional writers alongside you at your desk while you're prepping your game. Sounds pretty good, huh? With Describe, we can do just that. These narratives vividly describe monsters, places, spells, people, you name it. It's there, and there are more than 6,000 of these easy-to-search-up, copy, and pasteable, beautifully written narratives right at your fingertips. Confidently read these narratives aloud in your campaign and impress noob and veteran gamer alike. And the best thing about it is, the library of narratives is constantly growing, and it's affordable. Describe has graciously provided us with a discount for our listeners. Head on over to describe.com backslash DMD. That's D-S-C-R-Y-B dot com backslash DMD. Use the code DMD at checkout to try Describe for two weeks for free. Links will be in the show notes. And now, back to an acorn's journey, a DMD story. I don't know if giant spiders are already poisonous, but is a Mokwe giant spider even more poisonous? We don't know. You're going to have to wait till he bites you. <laughs> <laughs> or one of to, us. Going to have to get through the shell. If a shriveled up little husk of a berry falls to the bottom, it looks like it's been drained of all fluids. <laughs> we'll ask him. <laughs> Since I have a climb speed of 30, I'll start making my way up. Are you going to go full vertical from the get-go, or are you going to... Actually, you're going to have to because if you are horse size, there's no way you're going to fit on that trail. Right. So I'm going for vertical. I am going to uh, pay out the rope as we go so that I know when we get to the end and then tap him on the head or whatever closely resembles a head on a horse sized spider. Cast Speak with Animals. And can you hold on a second? I got to attach my rope now. Tie the two ropes together and say, okay, let's go. Since they're only 50 out. feet away, I'm going to yell up to Dash. Dash, if you see any large impediments that we need to work our way around, point them out, yell them down. If there's a point where it doesn't look like we can follow the path easily, let us know so we know what to expect. Okay, will do. And I will keep my eyes open for anything that will be an impediment to climbing, like a fissure, big boulders, anything like that. So you easily go up the sheer face, which means that you are effectively stuck to the vertical wall. Dash is going to need to hold on for the entire climb to the top. That's something we didn't think about. 
So, Dash, you can't ride him as you would normally ride any other steed because that would put you in a rather awkward position sticking out from the vertical cliff face. So I am going to require an acrobatics or athletics check from you every 10 feet. Can, can would you, you be able to use a grapple check? You could, yes. Do you have the ability to create webbing? Yes, I do. We want to pay out a little bit, and I'll just ride behind you like a, uh, a little gondola. <laughs> we'll give it a shot. You're going to have a fairy dingleberry. <laughs> Would that be a dingle fairy? A dingleberry. Fairyberry. So you've all seen a spider before, but you've never seen an embarrassed spider. <laughs> so Mokui climbs up a bit, and then slowly from his backside, there is a trickle of webbing. We don't up. have time for that. You have a really hard time doing that when the others are watching. <laughs> I will pretend it's food and cocoon him a little bit and then bring him up. <laughs> as long as my arms are free. Mokui comes down and he begins to spin Dash in a web, much like a spider would with something he plans on eating. I'm going to pull out my bow. <laughs> Once he has... Dash, all wrapped up in his entirety with nothing but his tiny nose peeking through, he begins to climb with Dash swaying back and forth like a pendulum as he does so. We may have to kill Mokwe. Little Dash baby. He's all swaddled. (laughs) He's going to eat him. I was just joking. I think he's really going to eat him. (laughs) We'll see how this goes. You rather easily make it to the top. Towing Dash behind you is effortless. He's so small. And once you make it to the top, the top of the the spire has a jutting rock formation on the backside, which is relatively flat. On that flat portion, you can make out a trail. Perhaps it's a goat's trail or whatever have you on the other side. Okay, once we're up there, I'll bring Dash to the flat part and then start to unweb him. You're unpacking. Yes. Your, your lunch, effectively. <laughs> yeah, you know how you do it. You have to eat the webbing. <laughs> I emerge from the cocoon. Have I transformed into a butterfly with a real wing? No, Damn it. You are still you. I was hoping that might fix the wing. Actually, it, the it fucked up your other wing. <laughs> oh, no. I will turn to the other side and go, there's a path on the other side. You are small enough that you can walk along the ridge wouldn't necessarily be a ridge for any of your larger companions, but more of a, a precarious ledge. But because of your size, you are able to, with your back pressed to the, the face of the rock spire, able to shuffle your way across to look down on your companions. It's at a dizzying height, and the wind is quite hard up there. It's buffeting, and you have to cling to the side of the rock face for fear of being blown off. And I will look down at the path that they are going to attempt to walk up? Are there any impediments that I can see? Well, the whole path is, if they were to walk up, is is a tremendous impediment. It is something that's going to have to be very carefully navigated. Okay, you guys want to attempt the path or just uh, have us pull one at a time? I'm just happy to see him out of a cocoon not eating. <laughs> I'll pull my bow away. <laughs> He's wrapping speak. up another husk. Does he yeah. speak with animals still active? Yeah, it, it goes 10 minutes, so it should make the climb. Just have them hold the rope this way they can walk the path if it's safer. 
Who's going to be holding on to the other end of the rope, making sure that Madri and Eric is it going to be dash? Gee, we're going to take uh, oh, the, yeah. the two-foot dash or the horse-sized spider. The 400 Let's pound, flip a coin. The 400-pound <laughs> turtle slips, slides down the mountain, and the 70-pound ferry races him to the bottom in one big plunge. <laughs> and the turtle crushes his companions. <laughs> I'm going to start up the path. I'll be assisting holding this rope. I will try to climb up to 50 feet to the end of the rope because they only attached one rope and they wrapped up Dash before he could attach the other 50 feet of rope. So I will make try to make it up the 50 feet to the end of the rope. Okay. Is anybody following long way or are they going to... Badry follows. Uh, Earring beckons the child to go next. After the child? Earring takes up the rear. How many athletic rolls would you like? Uh, one every 10 feet. That would be five. So athletics or acrobatics, whichever is higher. I'll use my acrobatics. That was a rough one. Well, my lowest roll of the first three was a 14. Then there was a a one (laughs) followed by a 20. But by that point, I was just shy of the rope. (laughs) How'd everybody else do? 23, 9, 20, 9, natural 20. Uh, I got a 12 for my first roll, a 16, 28, and an 18, and a 20. Enough. Yeah. (laughs) So, Madri, you deftly make your way up there. Cartwheels and all. Almost effortlessly. Long way, you, you begin your ascent as you're climbing up, you're finding your footholds and navigating it fairly well. Earring is having a great deal of difficulty in navigating it. He stumbles once and then later stumbles again, almost toppling over the edge. But Acorn grabs him and extremely strong. It's like when you're driving in a car with your parents as a child and they break hard and that arm bar from your mother slams against <laughs> your chest. It is like that, and you are slammed against the side of the spire, but you are upright. Oh, thank you. Just about at the rope, long way slips. You can see that rope dangling in front of you, and you slip, and the child reaches out and grabs you and holds you aloft for a moment and pulls you back onto the ledge. Thank you, Acorn, and I will grip the ledge as best I can. Now that I'm at the end of the line instead of at the beginning, I'll wait till everyone traverses up. I've managed to pull the loose rock out before the end of the rope. (laughs) We should be fine from that point forward. And then I'll start back up. How is this going to go once you reach the rope? Upwards? You got to ask Madre first because now he's in the front of the line. (laughs) Typically, we go up when we climb. Are you going to climb hand over hand? Are you going to attempt to wrap it around you? Are you going to hold onto it with your arms and legs and be pulled up? Was Uh, that even discussed? Hand over hand, and then I'm going to lean against the rocks and pull myself up. Like walk up the wall, I guess. So you're going to show off and just pull yourself up in kung fu fashion, not even bothering to use your legs. Upside down. Yeah, Uh, He's just going to shimmy reverse repel. He's going to do the Batman thing where he looks like he's walking vertical, but... <laughs> yes. No. He's just going to climb the rope because I'm not going to kill myself here. So, climb the rope with advantage because you have four points of contact. Really glad you gave me advantage. Thank you very much. 
That's a 15 and a, and a 1. That would have been like Super Mario Brothers. You would have had to have jumped over this like swirling <laughs> turtle. 20 something. And then 8 and 16. 16. That's still pretty good. How many more? 3. 11 and 8. 20, 19. I can math, y'all. I've done it. I have a degree. I don't know how I got it, but. Definitely not in math. No. It appears to be a, the 90 degree. That's a 28. The last one. 15. You, Claw comes over the edge and. <laughs> you can tell it is Madri at the other end because there is a terrible tug and a tremendous amount of weight. Madri appears over the side. I shudder with relief. <laughs> Madri will take over holding the, uh, the end of the rope if you want. He drops the, well, he puts the rope down at your feet. Madri ties the rope around himself and sits down. <laughs> <laughs> Next in line is, uh, would be you, Aaron. You should go. I should, but I'm behind you because I fell, remember? Acorn caught me. I went to the ledge, but I have to reestablish my climb to the rope that puts me that level with you and Acorn. I beckon the child to go next. She mimics Madri's ascent, hand over hand, legs dangling. She makes it up 10 feet, falls, 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 makes it up 10 feet, falls. Just tie it around her. I'll pull her up. I'm going to tie the rope around her and yell up to Madri and Moqui. I don't know who's got it. Pull her up. Madri stands up and just walks away from the cliff with the rope tied to himself. Apparently she was watching me instead of anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) You very easily pull her weight up and help her over the ledge. Whoa, back up now. Back up now. (laughs) Dash, are you on my shell? Just a little stick. The stick was a present. I have to find some use. Earring? Long way? Which one of you is going to go? By all means, after you. All right, so Earring will go next. He will tie the rope around himself and give it a tug. Elevator works. Yeah! I imagine you get to the top and two spider legs come over and grab you. Will you be assisting in the climb? Yes, I will be using my legs and it will be a full dangle. It's a rapid rapid ascent. Full assist. So you make it up, leaving long way. One more to go. Back it up. Wait for the rope to come down. I made a 23 and a nat 20, uh, which would be a 25, to make it to the end of the rope. (laughs) then tie it to my belt and with a little assistance hand over uh, hands and knees my way up you've done quite a few so far madri i'll need a strength check from you for every 10 feet or athletic assist in pulling a long way up you will have advantage (laughs) i was just about to say scott's finding ways to kill me yeah (laughs) Athletics is plus five. That's five and seven is 14. 12. Not 14, but 12. You come to an abrupt stop. (sighs) I'm glad I have several other points of contact. I will continue to climb. And then the rope tightens and it's a 20. 30. 15. 
How, how did you get a 30 if you have a plus 5? It was a 19. It's 20, 24. 24. Which is a lot like 30, only doesn't look only like without it's the almost three zero. Yeah. It's an ish. 17. I love watching. He can math. He can mathicate really well. It hurts. <laughs> I blame y'all. More sleep tonight. More sleep. Uh, I will claw my way over the, the crest. <laughs> Not my forte. Untie the rope and coil it back to the knots and undo the knots and hand back out the lengths of rope. You make your way up onto the ledge and begin your descent. There is something more of a trail than you had climbing up. It is still precarious, but the descent should be a lot easier than the ascent. Hendry sketches out what he sees from the top of this rise. From the top of the rise, you see spreading below you a vast and ancient-looking forest, massive trees bigger than you've ever seen in your life. Off in the distance, you can make out what looks like a series of ruins, stone buildings of white and blue stone reflecting light. It seems as though the forest has begun to overtake it and reclaim it. I look to the child. I point to the ruins say, Oma? She points to the east. Away from the ruins? Yes. Okay. You notice about 30 feet below you, there is a rope bridge that connects to another shorter rock formation, and that has a discernible road that you can see. I document all of this on the map, probably the reverse side of the map this time, because we're getting to a new area, and then continue on, pack it up, and start heading out down the path. Traversing the path is difficult, but it is manageable. It does slow your speed considerably, so you'll be moving at half speed. I think after all that, I plan on moving at half speed anyways. (laughs) (laughs) You make your way down. As long as you move at half your movement, you won't have to make any acrobatics or athletics checks to descend the pathway. It's large enough that Madri doesn't have to hug the face of the spire on his way down. He can walk as he normally would. However, at times it does get somewhat steep. You have to lean back or use handholds on the face of the spire to navigate it. The smaller party members have no difficulty at all. Dash can stroll down it like he's walking down a three-lane highway. (laughs) If you're still in spider form, Mokui... Yep, for the next 45 minutes or so. Okay, we'll scamper across the face of the spire. Show off. Eventually, he will return to his familiar shape before the bridge. Before the bridge, darn. The descent takes a a few hours, and you make it to a fairly well-maintained rope bridge. It sways because it is still breezy up here, but upon inspection, it looks sturdy. Do you want to give Mokui back his skin, Longway? What? Well, I wasn't sure if you needed your skin back, so I, I brought it. I don't need it. Okay. Do you want to eat it? That's gross. I'm a vegetarian. You say that. And I'll pop a good berry. <laughs> <laughs> You're a vegetarian, but uh, I seem to recall blood being We don't talk mouth. about that. We don't talk about Mokui. No, no. <laughs> I'll go up to the bridge, and if it looks sturdy... Uh, put a hand on each side of the, you know, the rope handles and make, start making my way across. 
you make your way across. Once you set foot on it, it does sway a little bit more, which is a bit unnerving. But as you traverse its length, it is quite sturdy and it's heavy. So your weight is not going to sway it to the point where it'll cast you off it. You feel certain of that. It runs across the whole 30, perhaps 40 foot span between spires and you make it to the other side comfortably. No problem at all. I'll move down the the trail a little bit just to make sure that things are safe while the rest of the group comes across. I'll go across next. You stroll across. As long as you don't look down. (laughs) I'm not. You should be fine. Mokui makes it across, followed by... I'll send the child. ...by Acorn, who makes it to the very end and just waits. Then I will... I will go. And I'll try to usher a little bit away from the edge. Before I go, I'm going to tie a rope to Madri, who has not gone yet, correct? Correct. I'm going to tie a rope to Madri, and then I'm going to take it to the other side, and I'm going to find... Is there anything I can... Any, like, rock outcropping I can tie the rope to? There's the stone that the bridge itself is tied to. I will tie it to that stone, and I will also keep a grip on it. Go right ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Madri's going to walk across the bridge. He, at first, looks like he's a little bit rickety and not sure, and then he definitely across the bridge. I was wondering how confident you were that you could survive this fall. (laughs) (laughs) He apparently did not look down. Dash will bring up the rear. You make it across easily and continue along the trail a long way. I'll collect my rope. Collect your rope. Madri coiled it up for you as he went across and handed it to you. Thank you. Long way, you go down the trail a ways. It becomes wider and more passable. There's short trees on the opposite side of the trail, the, the side of the spire that is facing away from the sheer cliff. They're jutting out of the face of the spire. About... A hundred yards, you see a massive bridge. Looks like it's built of heavy timbers and mortared stone. It spans this chasm. It looks wide enough for two carts to cross side by side if need be. Pillars that diameter of castle turrets support the bridge from below, hoisting its impossible weight into the sky. Tattered banners still flutter in the breeze, situated at regular intervals along the bridge's considerable length. I'll stop just shy of the bridge and wait for the rest of the group to join me. I'm pretty sure this is probably the border of the city that we need to go to. You all gather together, and Longway points out the bridge. These banners are extremely old and very tattered. They have not been maintained. The bridge looks solid enough. Uh, it's my belief we've come to the border of the city. Approximately what time is it? It's mid-afternoon. Do we want to stop here and take a rest for the evening before we go into the city proper? I would like that. I was just thinking the same. Once you get down to where the bridge is, the bridge spans a chasm. Across the bridge is something akin to a plateau. It's not very large. I see a plateau? Yes. It's a broad plateau. There is a clearing on the other side where the trees part. There's some rather tall trees. Beyond the trees, who knows? Nonetheless, I still think this is the border. And I'd rather not cross the border until we're all whole and hail as best as we can possibly be. So I think a good rest, a good meal. I don't think we're going to concern ourselves with any pursuit at the moment. Although I will stay up for watch nonetheless. We're in new lands. But I think this is probably our first best opportunity to take a break. I will take second watch. I'll take first watch. I'll take first watch, but I'm also going to fill my water skin and 
Give it to the child. That water skin has leeches in it. Let's not give that one to the child. I dumped it out. That is, is there is I there a out. water source nearby? You haven't seen one yet. They're generally hard to find at the top of a spire. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought we were in a forested area. You're still on the, oh, we're still the spire. On the yeah, okay. you're. The spire is like a range, so it's going to be a bit wide. We have a water source. He's got. The thing you do, that's, oh, that's why I'm throwing up my water skin with that to give to the to the child. You just had the child open its mouth and pour yeah. the. Does, doesn't it have like three settings? Three settings. What low, are the three settings? Low, medium, and high. <laughs> what, what are they actually called? <laughs> I think um comes out like if you're drinking, and then there's a little stronger stream, and then there's the geyser. Why not set it up as the the middle setting and allows us to fill our water skins, and then she can drink. Yeah, as much as she wants. Maybe you can wash a little bit. Perfect. I was hoping three settings was cold, hot, and bubbly. But, all right. Does it have a wine setting? (laughs) I wish. Dear dream. It's not a a jar of plenty. (laughs) Nope. So, Mokui will fill your water skins. When you hand Acorn the water skin, she drinks it all in one gulp, and then she hands it back to you. I'll fill it again and hand it back to her. Then she drains it in one, one gulp again. I'll keep doing that until she's full. You lost count. Not too sure how many she drank. It's more than ten. Chug, 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 <laughs> chug. She hands it back to you and sits with her back against the rock. Okay. But also provide enough water for everybody so they can wash it up and get the stink of the road off of them. But so, we are not done with the road. I'll keep the stink. So as far as meals go, we have the good berries. They're very good. We have the honey cakes. Mm-hmm. We also have the rations. Well, I've been pecking at my rations. I will have my rations. I've been eating the jerky and giving all of the vegetables to Madri. Madri is consumed happily. That honey cake is a healing cake, right? Yes, it is. Honey cake is not. Oh, no. Well, those are the yeah. jars of honey. Yeah, the yeah, jars, yeah, of, jars honey. of honey. honey. The, the honey cake makes the road less exhausting. It's a CBD cake. <laughs> Now's a good time for that. (laughs) You may camp and sleep for the night. Your watches go uneventful. You can't help but think to yourself that you are perhaps one of the very few people in a very long time to bear witness to this land. It is not unlike the one you came from. You recognize many of the same birds, many of the same wildlife. Occasionally you'll catch a glimpse of a billy goat up (laughs) one of the ledges and the spires. We are still in the wilderness. In the morning. I'm going to go to the cliff face, take out my dagger, and I can start carving into the cliffside. Iskander was not here. (laughs) (laughs) I am going to uh, study now that light has come back, banners and such for any remains that may be discernible of, uh, you know, symbology, um, what have you. If it can be traced, I'm going to borrow Madri's pen and just write it on my arm so that I have a good copy of it. Could ask for a piece of parchment. <laughs> Hard to replace up here. You could still ask for a piece of parchment. Madri, while you're doing that, also copies it down on the map. So are you entering the bridge to do that? Oh, if I have to, yeah, I am. I assume there's going to be some fay here, so the knowledge of this must get back to the tribes. You walk out onto the bridge. There's They're very well tattered and faded. There's not much left to the banners at all that you can really ascertain any sort of fey 
families or houses or whatever have you. They're multicolored. They're in pretty poor shape. So kind of like the uh, American flag that has to get taken off the top of Mount Washington every day because it gets destroyed? Kind of like that. But while you're out on the bridge investigating the banners, you can't help but notice something. What's that? He stood just inside the tree line as still as a stalking tiger on the hunt, listening to his surroundings. A tall troll with large muscles forged in a life lived many miles from civilization. His skin is permanently bronzed by the heat of the sun, smeared with natural pigments to break up his outline. Slowly, he turned his head to watch you as you entered the bridge. So Dash looks over his shoulder. Guys, we got company. And that's where we'll leave it this week. Join us next time as the adventure continues on An Acorn's Journey, a DMD story. Thank you to our cast, Frank Whedon, Ben Petrie, Bill Robitaille, Louis Aponte, Sin Morse, and your DM, Scott. A special thanks to you, our listeners. You are why we do this every week. We'll see you next time in the dojo.